Okay, Chris, tell me if I miss anything. Trigger warning in the, for, for the rest of this section of the podcast until audio player stops. Trigger warning for sexism, abuse, discussions of rape, discussions of harassment, internet and in real life, and the use of very negative language associated with all of that. And I miss anything? No, that sounds good to me. Okay. Because basically this started in January and went all through the year with one incident after the other, instead of talking them one by one because they're basically connected under this huge umbrella of issues that the gamer community is dealing with, I'm just going to list them down so you understand how bad this year was. Starting with the relatively minor Soul Calibur V tits marketing ad, then the attacks on Jennifer Helper for an interview she did six years prior. Hepler. Let's just keep this Hepler. Hepler. Sorry, my apologies. Sexism in the fighting game community by Aris Bakhtanian. The oatmeal comment on how nicely girl gamers are treated, and which he followed up about eight months later with, with a rape joke. <laughs> Penny Arcade promoting the Tentacle Bento Kickstarter, which was then removed from Kickstarter for violating their terms of service. Yeah, and, Anita Sarkeesian, which is, should be its own topic of her Tropes vs. Video Game Kickstarter and the ensuing harassment backlash, which was followed days later by the Tomb Raider trailer and interview about being attempted rape that she can overcome, then E3's orgy of violence and confluating with sexuality on display, Ruth Bay problems, Kate Williams dismiss dismissal, but PR representative, representative who took the controller away from her, and then the ensuing dismissal of her claims, Felicia Day, the comments, being harassed by Ryan Perez, who continued to be a dick throughout the year to various women in the video game industry, Ben Spur, a.k.a. Ben Dillion, making a game depicting the beating up of Anita Sarkeesian. Borderlands 2 Girlfriend Mode, the sexual assault at the Mojang Party, which was PAX-affiliated. Eurogame Expo Sexual Harassment by KSI, a.k.a. I cannot pronounce that name, later banned for life. And Ian was nice enough to make himself a lightning rod for publishing a piece criticizing him for his acts. I, I still get hate mail for that. Reddit bans all Gawker sites, all of its various sub-threats, and support <clears throat> solidarity with a pedophile. Go Reddit! Sorry. <laughs> the Eurogame controversy and abuse that was during Dorito Gate, the abuse that was heaved at Lauren Wainwright because everyone took the absolutely wrong message from Lawrence's article. And basically we end out the year with two months of accusing people of being fake geek girls, and then everyone finally having enough of it, and the one reason why hashtag. So at least we're ending on a good note. That was exhausting listing it. I think this whole year should just be called Shitstorm Sarkeesian. I think that's good. It's like Hurricane. <laughs> I did call this the shit part of the podcast for a reason. Where do you start? Where do you, where do you even begin? I don't know. That's why I just listed the lot all at once. I really don't know. It's Honestly, I just go with the one, two, three punch because they literally happened within like a week and a half of each other, which was Arnita Sarkeesian, Tomb Raider, and then one I forgot to list here with the Hitman trailer. Because later, you can't, you can't forget the Jennifer Hepler thing because it ties into the rest of the year. So. Which, yeah, which was at the very beginning, which yeah. is the stupidest thing, even by misogyny. 
standard. I will, I will explain, I'll attempt to explain everything. The Soul Calibur, you know, kit marketing thing, I don't think we should really make a big issue. It's just more of the same. It's a Soul Calibur, it's dead or alive, the same people, you know, they, they make, they make very, 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 very sexist games, and people... They're getting worse. Yeah, sure, but, but you know, it's like, whatever, it's, it's kind of run-of-the-mill for them. It's not really, I wouldn't but really... Speaking of fighting game, I don't know the woman's name who abused so hard by her teammate. Yeah. Not even the opposition. It was her teammate the and coach. coach. The coach, yeah. Who basically abused her so hard she had to quit a competition. I don't know the woman's name, but I know the asshole's name. There's he has, opinion. He's since apologized for it. I don't know how sincere that right, apology so is. I can I talk about it. It was in Crossplay, which is an official Capcom event. And basically, he was, you know, Eris, he was playing to the, the trolls who chat in the live stream, you know, the people who leave comments there, just playing to their whole misogyny. They're, like, they're huge misogynists, and, and they are a shame of the fighting game community. There are a lot of good people in the fighting game community. There are a lot of people, like Slasher, for example, who, you know, speak out against sexism, but then there are also these assholes, and he was, very, he was playing to it, and then he was trying to... Um, uh, what, what made it? What made his case particularly egregious was that he was trying to justify his sexism. He was like, "I'm not really sexist. This is just how the fighting game community is. You have to kind of expect this sort of misogyny, you know. And if it's nothing personal against her, it's just how it is. Blah blah blah. It, it's so completely ignorant of the fact that it makes the environment very uninclusive to women, to anyone who isn't a dude. And that was the problem with this thing here. Like he. He did not expect to be to be called into question. Like what he did was wrong. He he did not expect that. It wasn't until I believe I believe it was The Verge or maybe Kotaku that wrote about him that that it became an issue. Was it that, Giant yeah. Bomb? Oh yeah, it was Giant Bomb. Yeah, it's my bad. It's Giant Bomb that actually wrote about him. But what a huge yeah, asshole it was. I think it's just the fact that he had such huge blinders on to what he was doing before, that's even worse than, yeah. than actually saying it. The fact that he doesn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. Like, he didn't even realize what he was doing was wrong. Like, he might even be a nice guy, but you don't know that because he's never had this opportunity to, to behave in any different way. You know, he's surrounded by this community that's basically a bunch of fucking assholes who are encouraging him to act that way. Like I said, you know, this was for the trolls in the chat. Like, they're encouraging it. And when a lot of websites, like, sure, you can called into question this behavior. They were like, you know, this has got to stop. This is very unprofessional. Not as only unprofessional, it's very misogynistic. We can't really accept this. A lot of people disagreed with them, surprisingly enough. Like, that tone is actually changing among other competitive games mm -hmm. because as it's becoming more and more professional and they're getting sponsors, they realize we can't do this. The StarCraft 2 and the League of Legends players, they re they're getting rid of people who can't abide by a basic code of conduct because it's now going to cost them huge amounts of money, which is probably, yeah, the huge amounts of money usually change behavior every resort, <laughs> so there's some good out of that. Was there a guy, there was a guy banned from League of Legends just for being a dick, weren't there? Yeah, 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 he was banned yeah, for being a misogynist. He has, like, huge chat logs of this misogyny. I think he got thrown off his team as well. He did, yeah, because, I mean, why the fuck would you want to sponsor this guy you can't play for them? He's banned for a whole year. Good riddance. Which, with a video game, is probably long enough that he can't get back in. Yep. With something that fast-paced. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's not even allowed to play on alts. The game is off-limits to him. I don't know how they figured that out, but that's actually pretty amazing. Speaking of someone who is in game moderation, probably by his IP or his MAC address, which is also not foolproof, but could probably go a yeah. long way. 
Gaming is probably more accurate because if you get like the house next door, there's a good chance that they aren't playing the game. Right. But using IP address to find someone where they are or to identify them is very iffy onto itself. But well, I could get into the whole thing, and it's like really not really a matter not. of. But like That's not they'll de- they'll detect his IP, and if he comes up on an alt, then they'll ban the next IP, and so on and so forth. And this is a problem that a lot of games have is how to deal with persistent trolls. And I would hope that this is a case where the guy, if he's not mature enough to recognize what he did was wrong, he's at least mature enough to recognize that it's not really worth the the battle of continually making new alts if the moderators are just going to continually ban him. Or, like, I think they could get a machine to do it at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a machine, but yeah, they could just auto-detect and ban something like that. It's easier for someone to fly under the radar doing that if they know that it's just a system that they have to game. I mean... Gamers game systems. Tell them. But, well, as long as you tell them. But there's just so much more. I'm going to skip oatmeal because it's just an asshole being an asshole. We should talk about Jennifer Hepler. I want to get into that. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, yeah. That, that is the basis. All right, so Jennifer Hepler, if you don't know who she is, she is one of the writers for Dragon Age 2. A few years ago, she gave very, some very candid interviews with non-gaming oh. magazines. They were just, like, literary magazines. She, they, they asked her some questions, like, how she got to video game writing, and she is, you know, she's a mainstream writer. She writes fantasy novels. And she was asked what her favorite part of video games were, and, you know, she's like the stories that, that, were, that were the biggest draw for her. And, you know, she admitted that she's not really good at video games. She's not really a good video game player. Like, she tries to skip the boss battles because, you know, they're they're really gamey and really hard. Like, I don't like boss battles either. So, anyway, she, it's a very candid interview. And so, now, Mass Effect 3 is six released. Six years go by. Six years six go by. Years go Mass by. Effect 3 is released, and people don't like the ending. 4chan, uh, I think it was VG or V, I don't know which it was. She, she had become something of a, you know, they turned her into a scapegoat for why. Mass Effect 3 was bad. Someone made a JPEG, and I very foolishly posted it on my Twitter, and some people unfollowed me as a result because they thought I was actually blaming her. I wasn't. I was just pointing out how bad this is. So she was called the cancer that is killing Bioware. That was the, the name of this picture, and she was made into a series of memes about how that she was ruining Bioware, she was ruining the writing. She, uh, this was even before Mass Effect 3 was out that people were, were keeping these things onto her because they didn't like the demo. They were like, you know, Mass Effect is story mode because of her. Uh, it's got gay characters because of her. Like, these guys are homophobes, you know? These are, like, teenage kid boys who are, like, homophobic as hell, and they didn't like the idea of Shepard having a relationship with another dude. So they made an issue out of that. They blamed her for it. They made up some quotes. They completely, um, they took the, the quote that she gave the magazine six years ago out of context and made it sound as if that she was responsible for Mass Effect 3 being disappointing or including things that they didn't like. So she became this running gag, and, and 4chan had, some months later, they had their own video game award thing. I think it was last year, late last year, maybe early this year. It was called the Vidya Awards. And she was, yeah. she was in everything. Like, they would make fun of her throughout this entire show. She, anybody who, who doesn't go to 4chan probably missed it. Like, I missed it. It wasn't until it was pointed out to me later that they had made this thing. She had become the, the running gag for everything. And all that stuff grew into the hatred for Sarkeesian later on. Jennifer Hepler became a scapegoat for all the stuff that they didn't like about Bioware. 
And what she said was, is what, if you don't like the gamey parts, why not have a button like, if you don't like the cutscenes, you can skip them. If you don't like the gamey parts, you can skip them. I've asked people who aren't part of this internet culture, but they play some video games. And they said, yep, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And then I had to explain to them, no, no, that was, so what was the problem? And then I had to explain, that was the problem. This is what their <laughs> abuse campaign is all about. <laughs> that, and he says, but why? That makes sense. Yeah. And they, they were like, Utterly confused because that sounds that makes perfect sense. But you know, but you know, here's the thing: she's just a writer at Bioware. She's not in charge of design, so her she's opinion, one of the writers. She's not even the writer. right. Yeah, she's just she's one of the. Writer. She's a writer. character writer. She wrote some of the some of the characters. I think she wrote the male character of the tattoos. The the elf. What's his name? Fenris. 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 Yeah, Fenris. She wrote Fenris. He's a good character. So yeah, she's expressing her opinion. She's just writing characters. She's got nothing to do with the game design. None of her ideas about pressing a button to finish a game are going to be put into the game because obviously these guys are making a video game. They're not making an interactive movie, you know. So especially since Nintendo did it two years earlier. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not really a big deal. I mean, it's, she's just one of the people working on a game that has like maybe a thousand people working on it. So big deal. She doesn't like video games. So what? She likes the stories. I could level that argument at any other person. And now. It's amazing what 12 months will make, because now the game that is winning the Game of the Year awards is, in essence, what she described. Yep. The Walking Dead is exactly like... like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the type of game that she wanted to play. I hope she's enjoying I, I, it. I hope that's, that's a sign of where things are moving in I general. <laughs> what? What? In acceptance? I, I would like to see both. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, one or the other. That's the thing, it's just I like, don't I don't see how having less gameplay-intensive games or less combat-intensive games is going to kill the other stuff. I mean, it's the same thing as any other inclusivity argument. It's just like, the issue, I mean, if you have some big release that has, like, a woman on the cover, it's not as though all straight white men are going to go extinct in video games. Seriously. It's I mean, we could deal. do with a little more actually, diversity it, around here, in terms of design and in terms of representation. Although, if you think about it, if there are no women in these video game worlds, the men might go extinct by virtue of genetics. Oh, actually, I wonder about that in some of these sci-fi universes. Maybe there's male pregnancy. Or maybe they just, like, split into two. No, uh, Well, that, that did kind of happen in, in Metal Gear. Like an amoeba? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Moving on. Okay, you know what, Penny Arcade being assholes. But that's this one actually... That's the tentacle bento thing. But yeah, that actually... I, I don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. Or a ten foot tentacle. Yeah. Oh, that was joke synergy. Yeah, we're like thousands of miles away making the same joke. It's just I could give you a fist bump, but my arm isn't that long. Okay, I would give you a fist bump, but I've got RSI in my wrist. Uh, yeah, so, you can probably know. skip that one because it's just fucking tentacle. Especially since it's going to be similar to something else later. Not okay. this one, but another. I'll, I'll talk about Anita Sarkeesian. This uh, is the big one. Because it follows up from Jennifer Hepler. Like, all the abuse was keeped on at Jennifer Hepler. People, like, hating her for video games and so on. And then Anita Sarkeesian, she, she, if you don't know who she is, she is Feminist Frequency on YouTube. And she makes a series of videos about tropes in movies, tropes in TV shows, and she dissects them for, you know, very sexist concepts of misogyny, and, you know, very internalized misogyny in these things. And so she announced that she wanted to do the same thing with video games because some of her viewers had asked to do that. You know, it's interesting to take apart a game and, and see, okay, how is it sexist? What, what tropes are, are they using? And so she, she has this idea, 
And so she starts, she decides that, you know, she wants to start a Kickstarter to fund her latest series of documentaries for YouTube, as well as feminist panels and educational things, you know, like in schools and stuff. It's a Kickstarter, and she's only asking for a meager $6,000, which would be enough to buy, say, maybe 15, 20 games and, you know, make the videos on a few weekends or something. Now, that in itself is fine, you know, like, what's the big deal? And for some reason, people on 4chan, again, and Reddit, they discover that there is this woman who wants to criticize video games, and therefore she is ruining video games, just like Jennifer Apple is ruining video games. Oh my god, the cancer is spreading. Please someone kill the cancer. Please someone. So they go after Anita Sarkeesian, and they start posting really, really hateful things about her on her uh, Kickstarter, and, you know... And deface her Wikipedia. They deface her Wikipedia. Pretty much everything that she's ever done, they tried to just yeah. find out her... They tried to ban uh, her, actually. She, she didn't get hacked anywhere, but they tried to... Like, she's used to getting haters, because she's a feminist. It's part of it. But what they did was they went over the line. They they they, they started a hate campaign against her. They tried to get her banned from YouTube, from Twitter... Like, she actually, you know, had to reactivate some of her accounts because they were falsely accusing her of being a terrorist, for example. It's terrible, so... You can throw anti-Semitism in there as well. Yeah, you can definitely throw anti-Semitism in there. So, you saw her as the, you know, how feminism, like, uh, was going to ruin video games. I don't see how it could. She, all she was doing was she was just offering a lens for which to see video games through that, you know, that a normal dude bro wouldn't be able to see. Okay, I don't want to call him dude bro because it's really kind of insensitive. A little bit of everybody. A little bit of everybody. We're, we're caring about whether dude bro is insensitive now? <laughs> Fuck that up the ass. To be fair, some <laughs> dude bros came to her defense. Yeah, a lot of dude bros came to her defense. You know, a lot of people actually came to her defense. The demographics were spread over pretty much every section yeah. of male gamerhood. Like, you know, a lot of us, I speak for guys, we, we didn't see her as a threat, saw her as an interesting lens, and that, you know, we're thankful that someone would actually, you know, take their time out and actually examine something that we love, you know, something that we... To the tune of $150,000 yep. plus. If she reason she got that much money was because of all the hatred that people were heaping on her, that she got all this press, you know, from every gaming website, every single one, saying that, look at this, you know, all these fucking assholes are trying to shut her down. They're trying to silence her all because she dared to point out that games may or may not be sexist, right? So or may have, or at least have problematic. That was a right. word that was like it's problematic. She was like, they've got problematic sexism. elements. Yeah, she was just pointing about problematic elements and what game developers can possibly do to make them better games. You know, here's the thing that really gets me. It's just like there's really nothing about Sarkeesian's proposal that's actually all that revolutionary. This sort of thing has been done many times before by academics and non-academics from many corners, and it didn't incite this kind of rage at all. It was, I think Ian is right that it was because of the Jenner, Jennifer Helper thing, because of an awful lot of, you know, sort of smaller scale incidents that have happened throughout the year, that this just kind of set the dry hay pile that is 4chan on fire that they had to single this woman out as kind of like the root of all evil, and this was like something new and different that had never seen their shores before, etc. And it's particularly galling to me 
that that so much hate and like that not only that but like that the campaign has continued since and they've kind of like escalated themselves into some sort of regimented set of talking points of this is why we hate her i think it was really particularly crystallized with the ben spur thing is and we might as well talk about that now when he made the game you know in which you can beat up anita sarkisian and he explained that it's not because she's a woman it's because she asked for money and you get that derail you get that derail on so many from so many lips that are just saying like well it's not because I'm a misogynist it's just because she's demanding attention and all that it's just like she's not really demanding attention you're just giving her a lot of attention that's kind of how this thing got started and usually you have whenever someone tries to derail you usually have to explain this little nuanced thing that's true but here it's like their attempts to derail have an equally pithy counter arguments mm-hmm. in almost every case. She's getting attention, so stop giving it to her. She's asking for money, so don't give her. The scam artist! Oh my god! Then don't listen to her. It's like <laughs> the best way to deal with a scam artist in this and different thing is just continually say no. That's all you have to do. It's like you don't go on a scam abuse. You don't attack a scam artist. You say no, then yeah. they can't scam you. Yeah, she's not it's even like, a scam artist. It's just that they use that the argument mental, against her. The mental deficiency with these people is is astronomical. Here's what's interesting about it. Ben Spurs, after he made the game, I was the first one to write about it. Yeah, I was. He started attacking Stephanie Guthrie on, on Twitter. Like, she had pointed out to everyone that this is the guy who made the game. You know, she's a feminist. She pointed it out. This game is unacceptable. And after she pointed it out, he and a whole bunch of other people started threatening her with rape. Can you imagine? Like, she's not... She didn't even know Anita Sarkeesian. She was just pointing out that this is fucking terrible and that... A game of punching a woman where yep. she gets bruised and cut up is unacceptable. Really, I wonder why. Yeah, that's all she was pointing out. And, and then they said threatening her with rape? Oh, well, thank you for validating our fears. I wrote about that's it, and a, suddenly I am... common leitmotif with... I mean, that came up yeah. with uh, Laura Rainwright as well. But she was like, it doesn't yeah. really even matter what she did or didn't do at this point. The fact that so-called defenders kind of leapt onto the attack by threatening her with rape, which is kind of like mm-hmm. the go-to silencing tactic at this point. It's just, that's really how you're going to make your case, is you're going to threaten to rape someone? So, no, and, a, and another thing that's even worse about this is that now there can't be have a conversation about her work. Yeah. Like, no legitimate conversation can be had. The thing is, I've seen the fr- fragments of her work and her previous Bayonetta video, and the thing is, whether or not she doesn't deserve this abuse regardless, I may be worried about not even her concepts, but her choice of examples is my issue, but now I can't even dis- discuss that because of these assholes. You can't have a conversation with her. This is... Can't, this is, okay, this is, this sounds like the article that was posted on Jezebel a few days ago about, uh, it was titled, Fuck You, Man's Rights Activists, for Ruining the Conversation. It's what they did. They hijacked this. They, just and, like uh, the Man's Rights Activists. Sterling, this Jim Sterling video earlier in the year on, a, on The Escape has said pretty much the same thing. Yeah. You can't critique whether she does a good job or a bad job now because... They ruined it. Railed it. Mm-hmm. They derailed it so hard that any attempt you make... Let's say you disagree with her opinion on something. She's not going to be the one who's going to accuse you of being a, a misogynist. No, she's not gonna, because feminists don't do that, okay? What's going to happen is these assholes are going to hijack your argument and use it for their purposes, and then they're going to claim that they came up with it first. They're going to use it against her 
so that they can further their misogynist agenda. That's what's, that's the problem with the men's rights movement, is that they hijack everything, and they claim that they're the ones responsible for it. They're, they're pointing out all the bad let's, things in the world. Let's, let's not be unfair here. The men's rights activists are responsible for a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, but we're focused on this one in particular. <laughs> The thing is, it was like, ooh, a video series where I can figure out if she, she's doing a well job, if this is an actual example, something where I can actually have a conversation. It's like, oh, well, so much for that. Now it's just, you can't, you can't write about it, you can't talk about it, and in a way, although there has been a great positive, because our Nader Kasekizian has really been strong throughout this, and it, it got mainstream attention, it got, she's now doing TED Talks. Yeah just focus solely on this backlash. You've given her enough data to work yeah. with for years. Yeah. 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 Uh, she's in TED Talks and criticism really is out the window then. That's not still Here's the thing yeah. that, I mean, and I really think that we owe, in some part at least, the one reason why hashtag two things, like the outcry against and the backlash against Anita Sarkeesian. It's just, I don't really care how her video series turns out. I never did. What I am really pleased about is how, and it's really a terrible thing to be pleased about because, yes, this moment is getting harassed, but since that moment, what we have had, I think, is just an absolute surge in talking about sexual harassment in games criticism and within the gamer community. And it's obviously, it's been peppered quite heavily throughout this entire year, but if Arnita Sarkeesian contributes anything to the gamer conversation, it's how people reacted to her. I think that that's worth as, menace, as much money as anyone ever threw at her, honestly. I think between that and the One Reason Why movement, it's just this This is the real legacy of the year as far as I'm concerned. You've got people talking about it. Which, if you think about it, if reducing sexism in gaming was the whole point right. of the premise, see, even though if yeah. it would be the long game, if, this, if that's the even minute result of all this, then mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the most depressing thing about it is, sorry to make it more pessimistic again, that's just how I roll, I'm sorry. You know, we had this continuous list of things that went on throughout the year, and it's littered with these deadly stars of trigger warning death the whole way through the year. And even when you get to, like, the, the October ones, we're going to get on to KSI and his motor voting fun in a minute, but it's like, it's the utter fucking predictability of it. You knew that once that Lauren Wainwright controversy erupted, there was going to be some absolute bell end coming in and started making some kind of, like, threatening her with rape and things. It's not even... What, what's really frustrating about it for me is I don't even... I'm not even surprised anymore. I'm just yeah. expecting there's going to be some chat about it, and that's what's... It's great that this stuff's being as out in the open now, but it's just... As long uh, as you're not accepting it and it's just expecting it, then we've taken a huge step forward. Right, yeah, no, that's exactly... It's just, this is not new. What is new, or at least recent, is how much we're talking about it hmm. and we're There is a, there is a portion of it that is new. Right. The, like the dedicated hate thing that comes from the fact that yeah, it, all this criticism has been there before, but this is the idiots coming out of the woodwork. Sorry, assholes coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> suddenly realizing this exists, and this is the first time they're confronting with it. So I have to think that the vitriol, as bad as it's always been, this dedicated hate campaign is something new. Well, that's just, as far as I consider it, that's just the death knell of the oppressor. The fact that we're getting to the point where this is the reaction that they are resorting to is like it's no longer enough that they can just laugh away their problems and quietly silence and all of that. They are now to the point where they can't silence it and they have to get angrier and angrier and angrier. That 
as much as it's in completely ugly and the harassment that's resulted from it is completely shameful and I really hope that we can get past this in short order, the fact that it's even gotten to that point indicates just how desperate they are. You're going to get an aneurysm and then... The they will, will die, die, and then the world will be better. I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's a good That's a good optimistic note. Sooner or later, these people will die. That's good. And then you got to hope that the next generation was, has at least one step forward. That's how it is. It can't be any worse, can it? And, and I don't want to quote Family Guy, but quite honestly, this is the greatest quote on this type of situation. You don't win. You just do a little better each time. That's too good for Family Guy. Yeah, it's occasionally poignant. Well, it was also for the earlier season, uh, so... Not the latest one. Now they can suck. Surely they'd have brought up that quote in numerous later seasons of Family Guy, since all they do now is recycle jokes from the previous series. Kind of a subtle, down-key joke that probably wouldn't... You know what? I'm not going to discuss a Family Guy joke. It's just a good quote. As long as you don't do the, the Simpsons quote, where uh, Homer says to Bart at the end of some episode, he's like, and what we learned today is... Never try. <laughs> that was that was definitely a paraphrase more than a quote, but there's there's some sentiment like that. I think I've heard that one before. Before I collapse into my keyboard and go unconscious, can we talk about the KSI thing? Because Please. we've been in a, we've been in a Skype, we've been in this conversation for nearly four hours, and I haven't called Ian Ian yet because a couple of weeks ago <laughs> I stumbled across this absolutely hilarious video from what I can only assume is an American robot. It was like it was in the style of some nine eleven conspiracy documentary. Like, I am Miles Chong. I was like, it wasn't even the fact that this guy had a really stupid argument or he's talking absolute rubbish. It was that he kept on calling Ian Ian, and I found that so annoying. <laughs> I'm surprised that he got Ian I, I, that he got Ian wrong, but he managed to pronounce Chong. And I was like, but Ion Miles Chong sounds like some kind of chemical reaction. Get the name right for You must uh, please tell me you've seen the Iron Miles Chong video. I have seen it. Yes. I think a little background. Someone has to tell me how to pronounce that name because even after the Eurogate, where apparently KSI on YouTube, apparently he's a known video game personality that I have personally never heard of. He is a, in quotes, known video game personality in that he has a lot of fans who are in the 12 to 15-year-old boy demographic, right? Oh. And, and, he made, and he went to Eurogame Expo, yeah. and he made a video where he was talking with... Bunch of women. Oh, I think it was, what quote-unquote, booth babes, and I think some of them may have just been people who went to Eurogame Expo. Yeah. The motorboat thing was completely consensual, and people keep kneeling that for me. Kneeling in, the, in quotes, because they're saying, oh, look, it was consensual, therefore you're an idiot. So, but, no, that was... Not that one, the, the rest of it. Yeah, it was, okay, yeah, that woman, the motorboating thing was completely consensual, but the rest of the women did not opt in to his shenanigans. He, he was harassing them in a way that wasn't cute. Like, kind yeah. of harassment that isn't cute? Uh, no, but <laughs> the point is, he did not seem harmless. He seemed to me like a rapist, is how I would describe it. Like, there, there is a certain body language. Okay, some people act really goofy. If the guy, Rick Moranis, let's say Rick Moranis 
came up to a, a woman and started making jokes about her just very goofy way. I'm not saying he would ever do that, but if he did, can you imagine it? It would be ludicrous. It would be silly. You know, it would be inoffensive, and nobody would make any issue about it because he's clearly being silly for the purpose of comedy. But the way that KSI was doing it was... Taller than most of these. Yeah, it was like he was bullying them into it. You can read it in their body language. They do not. Some of them did not like his come ons. You know, yeah, he was. Yeah, they looked very uncomfortable, and it was more that he, yeah. kind of, I guess, in a way, he was breaching their personal space. Whether you're, yeah. even if you're not being motorboated, there's a certain distance people maintain when they're having a conversation beyond which you get yeah. into the creep zone, don't you? But no, you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't like Woody Allen going up and making a tit of himself in front of some women. Yeah, but you know, have to remember Woody that this. I, I watched some of his other videos, and I managed to last about four minutes, which I think was pretty good. And one of them was him making fun of somebody who's mentally disabled, and that seemed to be the only point of the video. It was like, okay, are these people funny? Um, so it's not exactly high-blood games criticism here, you know? It's really all I have and, to say. Just make zero punctuation, look like fucking Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> and again, to be fair to zero punctuation, he does have his good moments. He does. Yes, yeah. He doesn't actually have that many bad moments. It's just sort of, okay, you've done this before moments. He's actually gotten an awful lot better about his misogynistic comics as well. Yeah, I like that. That wasn't meant to be a zero punctuation take. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I wasn't saying it, and it's totally crap. One diversion leads to another diversion. But back on topic is, after this happened, Ian, I guess, I don't know how you found it, but you, did you write it yourself or did you tell someone uh, else? Someone, uh, Kirk, Kirk, what's his name? Hamilton? No, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't Kirk Hamilton. <laughs> it was, it's not, it's one not of, that. It was, it's a writer on, my God, why, why do I not know his name? What the fuck is wrong with me? You can just Google it up. We were actually having a conversation on Twitter about this KSI video because someone had pointed it out to me. I can't remember who pointed it out to me. It was one of my followers. And I told him, you know, if you want to write about this, I'd, I'd be happy to put it up. So he wrote a piece. Basically, he was very angry. I was very angry. We were very angry people, and we put up the piece. And I sprayed it around. I gave it to Jim Sterling, and Jim Sterling, he just ran with it. He just tweeted the, the shit out of it, and everybody saw it. And that's how KSI caught wind of it, because Jim and I were talking about how shitty the video was on Twitter, and people started spamming the both of us, actually. All his 12-year-old followers were jumping oh, on our asses Kirk? for it. Oh, Kirk got abused, too? I thought it was... I didn't know. No, I'm talking about Jim. Jim oh, because yeah. I know you were a stone wall at that. I'm not affected by these things. I know, and you just, I like it every time you just retweet, throw a bar back in their face. Retweet, throw a bar back in their face. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I mean, these guys are 12 year olds, so it's a bit like, it's a bit like the statue of the guy fighting with a bunch of babies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it felt kind of like that. You know, like, how many six year olds can you beat up? So, <laughs> so you get tired. You, like, had an inexhaustible endurance for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was fighting with them, you know, and gaining a reputation as a turbo-feminist because someone called me that. I put it in my Twitter bio because it was funny. And there is now a Twitter account called Turbo Feminist. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did not know that. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, no, Dennis yeah, runs it. Dennis Farr. Oh. There was a, a... Why do I not remember name? Yeah. Uh, Fennec Psy on Twitter. I thought... Never mind. I thought it was. That happened. I, I know that's become a, a badge of honor for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, oh, did you, did you see his response video? Uh, yeah. He was answering a fan question, will you be at the next Eurogame Expo? And he had to, like, suddenly dance around the issue that no, he wouldn't. <laughs> and, then a pic- and this picture of Ian that you're looking at right now just, like, appeared right above his head, like, <laughs> angling down. Look at it, he says, and it disappeared. Yeah, people did not like me. They're from the FIFA community, and the FIFA community does not like them either because, you know, they're assholes. So you can imagine these... 13-year-old kids who love football way too much, who talk about football players like they probably have a photograph of Lionel Messi next to them on their bed stand, you know, framed, picture all framed up there. Please score a goal for me. Now we're assuming too much. (laughs) I've never felt more alienated as an adult human being than by watching those videos. I felt like, I was probably like whenever I was playing with my Turtles figures and I was growing up and my dad was like, you know, shaking his head. And I was like, you'll never understand, Dad. That was me watching those KSI videos. Watching a video of presumably an adult man slowly pulling his trousers down to go to the toilet. That, that, that's actually, that's not something they're making up. There's a video where I think the joke is you might see his ass. And he, he spends a good 30 seconds in this incredible long take that, you know, well, baffle cinematographers and critics for years to come, um, where he's slowly pulling his trousers down, and that's it, and then he pulls them back up again, that's the joke, and then, so, so here's me spending, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, that's been a couple of weeks working on the videos I put up, you know, I'm currently editing a video for the end of the year at split screen, and all I really need to do is put a picture of me scoring a golden FIFA, then pull down my trousers, pull them back up again, job done, a million views, quit your job, you'll get YouTube advert traffic, that's depressing. That makes you, want to just, makes you want to just pack it in, doesn't it? It does. It does. These guys make a lot of money from YouTube. And all they do is behave like absolute knobs. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolute that's knobs. That's kind of depressing. Like, not, not to get too off topic, but that's kind of depressing because the blip people have to, like, do so much, put so much work and effort into their stuff, and they got to hawk their stuff to the high end. What do you think, yeah, what do you think that professional YouTube video people, why do you think they hate PewDiePie? You know who PewDiePie is, sir. He, he makes videos of himself. Uh, I playing know PewDiePie a, is. He makes I a, don't. He, okay, he makes videos of himself playing a scary game like Amnesia or I'm Dying or Oh, is he the Slender. one? Is he the one? And he goes, ah, 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 whole video. I have probably seen those. And, and, and they get like millions of views because, you know, 12-year-olds find it really funny. Yeah, it's like put this thing up in like ten minutes. You know, I could do it. Anybody could do it. And he makes Although, say, so much money from his freaking YouTube. Those videos channel. sold amnesia. Sure, yeah, they sold amnesia, but still, you know, it's awful that someone can yeah. put minimal amount of work, minimal amount of thought, just him screaming, no script, no script at all, just him screaming and pretending to be afraid of something, and make so much I money. Those out were of let's it. plays. I thought those were like just fan let's plays. Oh, no, no, no. His he makes his <laughs> whole channel about it. Yeah, this whole channel. Play, let's play is like my least favorite thing in the internet. I think. Hey. Did you? Hey. Oh, okay, 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 okay. If <laughs> any of you have made a let's play, I'm very sorry. No, I, I haven't just, made I, a let's play, but I have done an entire article on it. But I would just, I would just rather play the game. Talk. I'd rather play the game than just watch somebody play it. That's sometimes all. that's not an option, and sometimes you get an awful lot of pleasure out of watching someone else watch. Look, I'll give you the citation some other time <laughs> okay, when you're okay. not about to go to bed. So I'll just forgive but, you for your, for your, for your <laughs> ignorance here. But 
Let's Plays are not the worst thing that you have to deal with when it comes like to a, video games. That was a well-padded zinger, I have to say. That was like, because <laughs> I hold this pillow <laughs> and smack him in the chest with a baseball bat. That really was. Anyway, moving on. I'm just going to throw all the E3 ones together. Tomb Raider, Hitman, Orgy of Violence, and Sexuality on display. Booth Babes and Kate Williams okay. Dismissal. We can talk about Booth Babes first. I think the first one is big deal. Other famous photo that says more than a thousand words ever could. <laughs> you just maybe yeah, you know the one with the guy... think about it. The guy with the cell phone Slack jaw, tongue <laughs> hanging out, picture mainly of him taking a picture of two women just holding each other's shoulders so they could get into the shot, and it's his, his slack jawed expression, just dopey eye looking at this. It says, That is gamer culture, head in hand. <laughs> yeah, so Brenda Breathwaite actually made a big issue out of Booth Babes at E3. She she pointed out rightfully that having these women, it's it's not so much that they're women, it's that... The expectation it, that this is all that any woman here, that this right. is what they're doing and nothing else. Exactly, you know, demeans other women. She expressed personal experience where, you know, she has been referred to as John Romero's wife instead of Brenda Brethwaite. She made Wizardry, she made, she made Jagged Alliance 2, she made many other games, and yet... all. Some publications are doing it. She's John Romero's wife. Really? Or even worse is when she did her own Kickstarter. It says yeah. this guy and John Romero's wife are coming together to do. Oh, <laughs> it was a New York game. Yeah, it was a piece by Jeff Matulev. And he's normally a great guy, but what the fuck, dude? And not no offense to the other guy, Brenda Brathwaite is more famous than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is more famous than Tom Hall, or is she? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> They're both they're both heroes in my book. So, you know, it's very disrespectful to refer to her as Brenda Brethwaite's wife. And furthermore, her argument about, let's go back to, to E3 because I don't like to go off topic too yeah. much, was that it has this expectation. And when you're a woman and you're not a dancer, you're not, you know, you don't tone your body for the sake of presenting it. You're just a normal person. You're not a model, is what I'm saying. And you go to an event like this and the only women you see... There are models. Kind of makes you feel like shit, you know? It'd be like if a regular dude went to a convention where it was mostly women, and the only other dudes there were models. They were like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was in his prime. You'd feel kind of like shit because you'd be comparing yourself to studs. Well, I mean, I don't think that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the ideal man for most women. no, I think not. that, like, Robert Pattinson would probably <laughs> better yeah. suit the expectations. Here's Robert the thing. Pattinson in a Speedo to be the equivalent. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to yeah, talk Robert about Pattinson it too much. Yeah, Robert Pattinson would be... Yeah, it would but be... But here's the thing. Be, it's just, like, I've, yeah. gone to, I've gone to E3 two years in a row now, and I never felt like that. I felt invisible, which is another thing that I don't think it's talked about an awful lot, which is that if you are a woman and you don't fit within the sort of, within a certain range of a body type, you basically just bleed completely out of existence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this like kind of like plays into Katie Williams' thing as well. Yep. When, you know, she's there as a journalist, she's there to be acknowledged as a journalist to play these games, and she just gets written off because... She's a woman. What is she doing playing these games and putting her fingers on a keyboard? She's wearing a skirt, so... Who? Yeah. Who was? Katie Williams. Oh, I didn't... Yeah, like, I mean, people... Like, she was... It was on a Facebook account, I guess. But the way that people saw her was the way that they look at booth babes. They didn't see a journalist. They saw a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Is what they saw. 
What was and even better was that her, not only was she dismissed as a person, that her complaints were then also dismissed. Mm-hmm. When yeah. she, she blogged about right. Kotaku, wasn't it? Was it Kotaku she's published on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, people yeah, were like, yeah. 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 no, it's, then, it's your own fault. You should have stood up for yourself. You should have asserted yourself. You should have named and shamed people and so on and so forth. Right, now didn't um, some big outlets actually participate in that in the whole, ben, you need to tell ben, us who that is. It was Ben, ben Kachera. Ben mm. Yeah. As if it was his place, like, I mean, he's a white male. Of course he's got the privilege to name well, no, and shame people. That, hey. No, he didn't say you should stand up for yourself, which is my main issue. He said name and shame, which opens a whole other host of issues. It's like, right. sometimes it's the right thing to do, but if your point is that this is an ongoing issue within the thing, then no. You have to focus on the on the underlying problem, not the one guy who made a mistake. It's kind of apart from weird. that, it's that it's like too. I think the privilege thing is a point because I think that Ben Kutera means well generally. But there's the thing: it's just yeah. like when a woman does name and shame, what usually happens is reprisal. And if you it was bad as it bitch. was, right? If it was yeah. bad as it was when she didn't name names, can you imagine what it would be like if she did name names? Yeah. If she wrote up an article about how she called them out at the event, people would be like, Katie, why are you such a bitch? I guarantee you they would have said that. Whenever a woman speaks up for herself, people will call her a bitch. That's just how it goes. You're either a bitch or you're submissive. And if you're too submissive, people are like, oh, well, you deserved it then because you were submissive. Yay. There's no winning in this. Anybody want me to name and shame because I, I know who they were? No. No. Alright, alright. One, I don't know how you know that, but two, I don't care. I wouldn't say anything. But uh, yeah. That's really not the point of this. I know. Yeah, the point of this is that you're between a rock and a hard place when you're a woman in a situation where you're dismissed. If you speak up, people say you're a bitch. If you don't speak up, people say you deserved it. Either way, you lose. You know, and that is the bigger issue here. Women need to stop being dismissed, and it's not something that women can stop. It's not something that, oh, it's in the, and the ball's in a women's court to, to speak up on this, because they're not in the position of privilege to do that. It's up to men to make sure that women aren't dismissed anymore. It's up to us to call other dudes out for doing that. And, you know, to do so in a way that's not just co-opting women's yeah. voices. Right, which yeah. Which I think is an important point. Yeah, we have to point it out by our, men have to point it out and be self-aware. Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. And to bring more women into the conversation and be proactive about doing so. Let women speak. You can throw fake geek girls under that same thing. Mm-hmm. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Okay, I'm going to put these next, actually, because I put them under E3, but I'm going to put the rest of these under, because most of these have to do with marketing. The Girlfriend mode from Borderlands 2, Tomb Raider trailer, Hitman trailer, and put those all together. Actually, just E3 in general mm-hmm. as well. The fact that you have to, that somehow sex sells, even though that's demonstratively proven to be not true, it together, and then you conflate it with violence, and then you see, oh, she had, it's an attempted rape, and then you wonder why there's a backlash. You're right. It's like Alan said, it's the same beats. It's like you do something stupid that you've always done, people finally have enough vo- clout and voice to, that you actually, that they hear that, no, that's wrong, that's a problem. And then they send it right back. Well, this was never a problem before. Yes, it was. And, it, and it's the same cycle. I wrote over, this article. Over. I wrote this article last week with uh, Jen Frank. She edited it. I wrote it. I was about how box art, you know, it's the common complaint is that, that marketers have is that if a box art doesn't have a sexualized woman on it, it won't sell well. 
either has to have a dude or a sexualized woman. And this is the idea. And so they, they don't really have, you know, anything to push this idea because all they're doing is alienating women from, from buying these games. But the whole idea... Yeah, the whole idea that sex sells, it's one thing to say that sex sells, but to say that all women are prostitutes and that we should present them as such is misogyny. And they are conflating sex sells with misogyny sells. That's what I'm seeing here, you know. I'm not seeing sex sells when I see a box cover with a sexy woman on it. I see it as misogyny sells because they're presenting us with a stripper instead of a... They've They've actually done studies and found that by itself, sex does actually not sell. Yeah. Like yes, a bad games with sexy covers does no better than a bad game without covers. Mm. But and also mm-hmm. to people thinking, oh, we have to have sexy women on the cover. Skyrim's twelve million copies say otherwise. Exactly. Looks like uh, Bioshock. It had a nice yeah. se- sex iron suit in the front with a big massive <laughs> drill to penetrate you with. <laughs> In case anybody wonders, I'm actually going to be quitting my games journalism career to do erotic readings of games. So this is just me testing the water for that. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, as the token woman in the conversation, I give that and a thumbs up. The highest ranking one. Yeah. I just also like to note that she's the highest ranking one here. The well, highest ranking I, I, I can't be in charge. If you say that I'm in charge, I'll start getting hate mail like that I'm ruining Critical Distance. Have you not seen how this works? Oh, well, yeah. Well, can Critical Distance She's up here. Okay, so, Eric. She's our peer. And my editor. I think Critical yeah. Distance went downhill ever since I tweeted that Shenmue joke by accident. <laughs> <laughs> what, really, what really annoyed me was, what really annoyed me was, it was I thought it was a particularly funny joke, and it was like, it was completely lost on the, the Crit Distance crowd, but my followers were, <laughs> fucking loved it, and so I had to delete it and just hang my head in shame. Joke was over. I'm sorry that I put you into that point, but... I was wondering, what the hell is Chris doing? <laughs> It's a, a very Dreamcast-like joke for Chris to make. Hey, I love the Dreamcast, goddammit. Oh, yeah, Knights came out on Steam today. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, I, I, going I, crazy. I really don't know how that's going to play on a keyboard, but I still want it. Still Doesn't it have controller support? Probably does, but... Oh, I'll plug a controller in for heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah, I have a controller for it, but it's just like I already have it on Xbox, and my controller for PC games is an Xbox controller, still get it anyway, because I'm just that kind of fan when it comes to Knights, but I just kind of have a screenshot. I've got... At least we don't have to do the, the best games of the year, because we've already talked about Knights, so that's it covered. <laughs> We're done. That's, We're done. That's four hours of my life back. Want to talk about the Tomb Raider thing? Do we have Tomb to? Tomb Raider and Tomb together. It's kind of like what I said. It's the same cycle. Of oh, yeah, bullshit. it's the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's no need to go into it. And honestly, I want to end on this note. Chris already touched on it, but one reason why. Chris, AKA, okay. the best thing that happened on Twitter this year. And it's subdivisions, one reason mentors, and one reason to be. Right. So, all right, so the brief recap, without even naming names, partly because I don't want to spend the time Googling all this stuff when Alan is looking pretty tired over there. Looking? But yeah, that didn't mean he could see me. Oh, God. <laughs> well, no, it's your image. You're looking down. You're, your chest hitting your chin is hitting your chest. That'd be pensive, not yeah. unconscious. Anyway. <laughs> the black and white, it just drains the energy right out of you. Well, it can be, but it's too late for pensivity. Anyway. One so, reason why I should go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> so, to be over by now. 
thank Ian with his rambling. But anyway, okay, so one reason why. Don't laugh, we're going to totally ruin this. Sorry, sorry. One reason why began when a male developer asked, why aren't there more female women, uh, more female women, more women in game development? And someone came back, actually I believe it was Philomena, came back as just like, well, here's a reason, hashtag one reason why. And from there, it just exploded. More and more women developers, women critics, women gamers, just in general, started pouring in with one reason after another. And soon, there was an entire body of this that was being curated, put into Storify. And from there, Rihanna Pratchett said, you know what, I think this is an important hashtag, but I'm also starting one reason to be, you know, with the idea being that, like, not only should we highlight you know, the negative reasons that are helping keep women out of game development, but should we also highlight why there are good reasons to still go into game development as a woman? Why they're still there. Huh? And why they're still yes. there. Yes, why they're still there despite everything. And reading through it, you got this very profound image of not just, like, a bunch of women that have all gone through very similar and pretty horrible things, but also women that have developed a community together and have bonded through this and are continuing to create support networks around this, especially with the One Reason Mentors hashtag and then various websites and tumblers that have started up as sort of like, a, let's have let's treat this as a proactive response, as a reason to be more vocal about this, to create networks of support. And it was probably one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen Twitter do. I was talking to one of my old professors who teaches games criticism, and he told me that when that was going on, when it was at its peak, he would just put up the scrolling feed of those tweets when you search the hashtag on Twitter, and he just put that on the background of his projection screen during class, and he just let that keep on rolling throughout his entire class session while he lectured. And I don't even know what the lecture was about, but... The idea that we just have this outpouring of people, women, being vocal about their experiences was such a great moment. And that was, I believe, the first and only week we have ever had anywhere close to a 50-50 split in women and men contributors to this week in video game blogging roundup. And as far as I know, that has never happened before. And I would like to see it happen again. Me too. I would like to see it never stop. Agreed. Keep on talking about it, because the moment we stop talking about it, people are going to go, oh, I guess we fixed it. Sexism is over. Or it's just like, I guess you just didn't care enough if you stopped talking about it. It's like, no. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Especially, I think, this came to light, you know, when Philomena and several others were talking and inadvertently getting all this going. It's just like, it has gone way beyond the gamer community at this point. It has gotten mainstream coverage in a lot of mainstream outlets at this point. In as much as I think that gamers really are very averse to the idea of others kind of like looking in on their little fishbowl, I think that that was significant too. That like this isn't just a matter of games criticism or game industry perpetuating these negative noses. This is a moment of self-awareness and criticism toward the industry as a whole. From within, and that was a really good thing to communicate to the mainstream news world. Like, these are issues that we are aware of and we want to address. It's in the tech industry, it's in the comics book industry, it's in science fiction. It's in all these industries where women are marginalized because men are king geeks. And you will not enter the treehouse without our permission. Oreo. Yo. 
Actually, that's a bad example because, you know, they were serving that witch. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I think think that's a good note to end it on. You have no idea how happy I am to end it on a note like that for once. For once? Two years in a row, I haven't been able to end it on such a happy note like that. More like just solemn depression and acceptance. Mm -hmm. But thank you very much, Alan. I know you have to get to bed. What song are we singing before we all go? No song. That's it for this part. Come back into the next episode, and we'll be talking about games. But we will be recording that a few days from now, because that was my plan, and Bell comes Thank you very much for listening.